Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. My guest today, oh wait, stop, pause. I want to make sure I'm saying your name right. Entler? Yes. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, Christopher. Let's it's start okay. again. Brand, it's a brand new name. So I just got married. So oh, congratulations. Yes. Thank, yes. You, thank you. Terry Entler. Okay. I got, <laughs> I got it. I, I never want to pronounce somebody's name wrong. Okay. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. My guest today is Terry Entler. She is a director and a counselor with over 20 years of experience counseling in corporate, church, and clinical settings. So she earned her master's in professional counseling at Liberty University and her bachelor's of psychology and sociology from Western Washington University. Terry is licensed is licensed in the state of Washington for mental health as a mental health counselor and also certified as a state supervisor. She is a strong, passionate, and grounded Christian woman, which I love, and a mama to three beautiful teenagers. She's also had her own share of trauma from her childhood to an experience of the loss of twin baby boys and has struggled through emotional abuse in a marriage to a covert narcissist. And I'm just so thankful that she's here to share her personal journey, not just her own personal journey, but her journey in counseling and how she really found who she was and found to be become stronger, more courageous, emotionally solid, and that led her to decide to make some big changes in her life and really become more fulfilled and thrive. And I love that. And she wants to help others do the same. I was explaining to Terry when we were kind of getting to know each other that my mission has always been with this podcast is to help families really live their best life. Because when we're living our best life, we are we're, we're transforming that energy to our families, and it's just so important. So thank you, Terry, so much for joining me. I'm really excited to hear about the work that you're doing, and uh, I'm, I I had a chance to look through the website, which I'll, I'll mention again at the end, but it's um, healingandrestorationcounseling.com. But thank you. Tell us, tell us more about yourself and the work that you do. Awesome. Thank you for such a great introduction, Dr. Sarah, and thanks for having me. You know, I, I think you said it so well in terms of living our best life. I think as parents, as moms, we are just sacrificing constantly for our kiddos. And we have we get to the point where we just really don't know who we are anymore, what our journey, what our purpose is. And so that's why I just feel so led to help other moms to really be able to find who they are and why they're finding who they are, helping their kids to do the same thing. So it's a really important aspect for me, especially having now two uh, teenage daughters and one who's a young adult away at college. And thankfully, they are all functioning okay, which is such a, yes. you know, such a, a celebratory moment when your kids are actually doing okay. I mean, they have their struggles, but they're good human beings, right? 
So I'm just, I'm excited to share some things about parenting um, as well. And just, you know, I haven't fully arrived, but I have been through the ringer as a mom, as I went through a divorce, you know, as a counselor, and I have so many stories to share with from all of my clients as well. So I'm just excited to share a little bit more about what I know about parenting. And what's so important about what you said, too, is that, yes, you know, we we all want to thrive and, you know, like I said, live our best lives. But we're not talking about like never having, you know, there's like life is about challenges and no matter what. I mean, we can have small challenges, big challenges. And so. I I always like to say we're not trying to paint a picture where like everything's all like, you know, chocolate and roses, like right now with Valentine's Day, but (laughs) saying to yourself, okay, it's okay to realize that, you know, wow, I need to, I need to like really set boundaries or take care of myself or just take a time out as a parent. So I, and I love, I love stories. I think that that's something in my practice I've, I've always incorporated um, was just real life with my family so that they don't think like, oh, you know, they have to be perfect because oh yes, we don't have it all figured out. Do we? That's a myth. That's a myth. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time and I'm still learning. We're always learning. It would be so boring if we weren't. So absolutely. I completely agree. So tell me, um, you have I don't, I don't know if I'm if using the word project, but there's a, I know that in your practice and in the group that you work with, there's, there's various therapies. Now I'm aware of, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, but mm-hmm. there's also other therapies like lifespan integration, emotionally focused couples therapy that you do. But you were sharing with me that there's a new approach and I'd love to hear more about that. Yes, we are in the process of launching One Freaking Life. And I was in beautiful Destin, Florida, which I have never been in such a gorgeous place in my life being from Seattle. And this concept just like literally dropped into me while I was walking down the beach. And I just felt like, you know what, this is something I really just need to share with all the people who are struggling, specifically women and moms. But the concept of One Freaking Life is about really healing our traumas Uh, that really changed who we were throughout our life, right? Like those, those situations with our parents that telling us who we should or shouldn't be, Um, you know, the middle school kids that basically said, "Ah, you're not fitting in and here's what you need to be, to be like, to be acceptable. Um, And then, you know, so many of us pick a mate that are, that kind of follow in that trend and really end up like, you know, minimizing us and who we were created to be. So it's like taking those traumas and really healing those so we can return to who we were created to be. Right. Yes. I love that. I love the title too, or the, you know, the concept, you know, everybody always says you only live once. Well, the thing is, is that you die once, right? And live every day. So I I think that's such a, a great thing. And I love that you're utilizing these different therapies because it's so funny as a as a pediatrician, and I'll say to it, you know, a a child or a teenager, even to a parent, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I really think you would benefit from therapy. In their mind, they're thinking, oh, I'm going to sit, 
on a couch and there's going to be a, somebody with a clipboard, you know, and I'm like, it's, and I usually mention that, you know, that yes. it's not like that. I said, if we have, if you're with somebody, they're going to work with you. They're going to give you homework. They're going to give yes. you things to, to really learn and reflect on about yourself. And I love that you say this about your past. I'd like to share for me, you know, I remember, of course, I've, I've had therapy, you know, throughout my mm-hmm. years. And, um, and I remember, you know, the therapist would talk about my childhood. And I was always like, I had a great childhood. My parents were awesome. Like, I really felt like I had nothing bad to say. Mm-hmm. But what I learned about myself is, yes, they expect, you know, we had responsibilities and so on. But they were so, they helped me so much, which I love. I grew up with very little resist, resilience. Oh. You see what I mean? Yes, so, you didn't learn that grit along the right. way. Right. You see what yes, I mean? So absolutely. We're not suggesting to everybody, you know, I'm sure everybody can resonate with people in their lives for sure that have, have, have really somehow put a stamp on us that we need to remove, right? Absolutely. But it can be something like that where, you know, I'm sure my parents had all, all the best, you know, the, my best interest. But what was happening is that I became an adult who really didn't know how to handle crisis on my own. Absolutely. Yes, so, it totally makes sense. So I, I guess this, you know, the idea of having this trauma can be very, very broad. Mm-hmm. It absolutely can. Yes. And, you know, the thing is, is you, I think, are unique in the sense that you had good, supportive parents who loved you and took care of you and probably protected you. And that's mm-hmm. why you may be lacking some resilience. And I think parents these days, um, I think they tend towards you know, putting their children in a bubble to some extent, right? And protecting them and trying to fix things along the way with best intentions, right? We don't want our parents or we don't want our kids, excuse me, to go through some of the junk that we went through. So we want to protect them, which I am finding as we have a practice full of teenagers or tweens, they don't have that grit. They don't have that resilience. One situation happens and their world falls apart, Right. Because their parents are always there to kind of take care of situations. So when they get into the real world, they struggle. Mm-hmm. And then it was funny, not that this is about me. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm going through therapy with you. But what, <laughs> what happened for me, and I'm sure you can attest to this in the families that you work with. I married somebody who it was like the exact opposite. You know, I mean, I, I love my in-laws. Don't get me wrong. But they were very much like, okay, what are you going to do about it? You know? Mm -hmm. And so when we came together as parents, I always felt like, gosh, you know, you're, you're so, you're, you know, you're so mean. I mean, he wasn't being mean, (laughs) you know, and then then I'm on the other side of the spectrum, you know, and it was just like, I think about my kids right now and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, the more I learn about all these things, but yeah, then you, then you partner with somebody who, who came from a different background and that that can be really hard too. And these kids are just getting all these mixed messages. Mm -hmm. 
I, I totally agree. Uh, the other thing I've seen is a lot of us that are parents, uh, a lot of us actually grew up in very different situations than you. We grew up with more performance-based uh, parents, right? Parents that were like, you know what, you, I'm setting these expectations. Expectations are fantastic, but I'm setting these expectations. And if you don't meet that, I'm really, really disappointed in you. Yes. Like I'm really, I, I, uh, I, I'm really just not happy with the way you performed, which can feel like performance-based love, right? We, we get accustomed to like, okay, we have to do the right things. We have to get that A. We have to be in all the extra clubs in school. We have to be the number one athlete in our mm-hmm. sports team just to be loved and accepted. And unfortunately, that's the majority of my clients. They are really working with how do I parent these kids when my life was all about performance-based love and do this and then I'll love you, right? Because they don't want to do that. But, But it's so natural. It comes out naturally because as much as you may not have loved how your parents parented, you're going to naturally fall into that same pattern. And then what I see in my practice is these kids coming in and they're exhausted. Yes, because they're trying to do so much. Yes. And then the parents are saying, you know, hey, can you run some tests? Why are they so exhausted? And I'm not saying that, you know, they could be iron deficient. They they may need more sleep. There definitely could be a medical reason. So I'm not saying that that. But I would I would say at least eight out of 10 times they just they just need a break, you know, they need rest. Yes. Yes. Because they have this soccer game. They have that dance recital. They have, you know, studying so they can have those A's. And I think, yeah, you're right. We're really wearing out our children these days. Absolutely. So tell me, so I, you mentioned this one freaking life and it's about healing traumas and kind of changing who we are and returning who we were created to be. And Mm -hmm. so Explain to me how we kind of start to evolve from that. Like what, what is one freaking life all about? Well, it's, it's really the concept that, you know, we have to figure out who, what our values are. We need to figure out who we are. We also need to figure out how to dream again. Um, because you know, what happens along the way is we just sacrifice, we sacrifice, we sacrifice for everyone in our lives. And, and then we go, wait a second, where am I in this life? Right. And I've heard my clients say that so much. Do I even have space in my own life? And that's because we, we do, we have kids that are running here and running there and this sporting event that we really don't have a chance to take care of ourselves. So it's really figuring out like, how do we find who we are and what we enjoy? And then how do we find time to actually do that? Because the concept of one freaking life is you've got to live your best one freaking life, right? And live it to the fullest. But naturally, we're just like, no, I don't have time for that. I have my kids. I have my husband. I have these things that are pulling at me that you just end up exhausted yourself as a parent. And then how does the healing start in regards to, you know, really taking a step back and finding where the traumas may have evolved Mm -hmm. from? Because like I said, for me, it it was very, um, it wasn't as apparent until I became older. 
Oh, absolutely. Once you get out of that, that world, that family that you're in that family system, you don't see it until you get married and you see other aspects of how parents work. Mm -hmm. Um, what it is really is we have, you know, like I was saying, like we have situations like parents saying, you know what, here's how you should be right. And it's just this message you get on a daily basis that becomes so natural that it's like, Hey, this is, this is how you should be. This is what you should not do. This is what, you know, and you just feel like you're kind of starting to live like in a little bit of a box, like, Oh my gosh, I have to perform just like this or else, right? I won't be acceptable. So it's, it's taking that message, which is a trauma and it's helping the brain and the body just like literally pulling that trauma out, helping them to heal and reprogram their brain that no, wait a second, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to live by expectations to be accepted. You can actually be who you are and still be loved and accepted just the way you are. So that is one aspect. The other one is talking about middle school. I think about my daughter um, and she was, she was so, she's just, she's just about to graduate and go to college, but she was so full of life. That girl was dancing and singing and just making cute little videos and sending back, you know, to her friends. And she was just so full of life. And then she got to middle school and I tell you, those middle school is cruel, cruel for girls. Like, so cruel. I, that's when that stage of life I wanted just to put a complete bubble around my kids and just say, you will just have to get through it. I'm here for you. But, you know, she heard the message from the mean girls that like, you're so silly. Like, what is wrong with you? You, you know, why are you singing and dancing? Like, that's not cool. You're in middle school now. You've got to be cool. And I just, you know, you just see, I just saw that sparkle of life just leave from her because who she truly was, was no longer acceptable. Right. And so that's what I, that's what I see with kids when they come in, they just, have, they're depressed and they're anxious because they don't get to just be who they are. And so again, that would be another trauma that you have to heal those more situational traumas to free those kids up, to free us adults up to say, no, just because this person was mean does not mean that's who you are. Right. And then, but, you know, it, it's such a time where, you know, their body's changing, their mind is changing. It, it, I would agree. Middle school is tough, tough, <sighs> tough, tough. Not and for the faint of heart. That's for no, sure. No, <laughs> for sure. And, um, but yet they need connection. You know, the kids yes. that I see that really thrive have like that socialization and that connection, which then when, you know, when you get into those challenges, it really, they become isolated is what I tend to see too. Not only does it change who they are or who they really want to be, but it can very often lead to isolation. Absolutely. It does. And that comes in the cell phones, right? That they live their life in their bedrooms on their cell phone and only connecting with their friends via Snapchat, right? And you have to literally pull them out of their rooms to come spend time with you these days. And so, yes, isolation is just such a big problem for kids and teens these days. I, I, I would agree. And how do you communicate that to your kids then? You know, because of mm -hmm. course I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, a parent in this situation is going to try to, you know, do what they can to help 
But a lot of times either the kids don't want to hear from the parents or the way that parents communicate is, is, you know, I know that they're trying, but it's just not effective. It's, it's, it's tough. So, and I'm all about the way we communicate can make such a big difference. I think that is so key um, because mainly the teenagers come in to talk to us because they, they really will say, my mom doesn't get me right? Anytime I talk to her, she makes judgments. She reacts in a really big way. And I just don't feel as much as I love my mom, I don't feel safe sharing with her. And so, you know, one of the, one of the, um, one of the topics I suggested that we talk about is like, how do you become your parent that your kids and their friends want to talk to? You know, that's, that's the, I think such a key thing for parents to know, how can I be open? How can I be the kind of parent that my kids desire to come to and to talk to? And boy, I had to learn that. And man, did I screw up so much uh, over and over again. I said, I'm sure those of you listening have done the exact same thing. But I think what's important is that communication piece. And that is, we have to normalize these kids experiences, right? We have to say, we have to let them know that we get it because again, kids these days feel alone. They're they're so alone and isolated from how to even problem solve, how to work, how to work through their emotions, how to even, what is an emotion, right? Like, I don't know, there's anger and there's joy, right? No, there's so many more emotions. But I think as parents, the best thing we can do is to normalize look, I understand how hard it is, you know, to go to school every day and have your friends say mean things or ignore you. Like, man, that is tough, right? Yes. It's so normal that you would feel that way. So normalizing that, of course, you're going to feel this way. Empathizing like, oh my word, yes, of course, you'd be sad kiddo, I get you. Right. And you can even say that, you know, that happened to me when I was in middle school and it was devastating. So it's like really finding that way to connect with your kids on that same level. So they know that you're not just being a parent in that moment, but you're being a friend, a mentor, right? So they really get, they get that you're there in the trenches, trenches with them. I know because so how how we respond is really going to affect what they're going to say next or do next, you know, and I I even have kids that have told me, you know, in confidentiality, they don't want to disappoint their parents. They they put on this, you know, persona that everything's fine. And, and I get it. You know, I, I, we, we joke my boys are probably listening and wondering which kid is the fine kid. But we always felt like one kid was always like, it's fine. And I always thought to myself, is it really, you know? And so it's like, yes, I love that. How do we become the parent that our kids want to come to, that their friends want to come to? And I'm not suggesting like, oh, you, you, you let them do things, you know, it's kind of funny because my husband used to say I was the parent and she was the friend. And, <laughs> and I think that I'm more of an empath, empath you know, yes, and so yes. you mentioned empathy and it's really just um, naming the emotion that they're having. Yes. 
So, wow, that sounds really hard. Or you seem sad when you say that. Or, you know, and just just sometimes just naming the emotion. Wow, that would make me angry too. I understand that. Like yeah. just simple things. It doesn't really take much um, because either A, we're going to like belittle it. And, and I, I mean, I caught myself saying, it's going to be okay. Don't you wish if every time we said it's going to be okay to ourselves or to another person that boom, poof, it just magically okay. okay. Yes, I yes. wish it was, but it's not. That's not what they need to hear. You know, yes. they need to hear, you know, wow, that sounds really hard. Or man, I would, I would be upset about that too. Things like that. And then the other side of parenting is that we immediately want to like come up with a solution. We want to fix it. Absolutely. And so sometimes we have to step back and just think, say things like open-ended questions too, that are like, well, how does that, how does that make you feel? Maybe they're not telling you how it feels. Maybe Mm -hmm. you need to ask, how did that make you feel? How, what, what happened Mm -hmm. next? What do you think is going, what do you think is going on? Some people have an idea, you know, and like using those open-ended questions so that the kids aren't saying yes, no. And then you have to ask another question, you know, so making it open-ended and giving them time to really think about their answer too. That is so much what I, when I talk to parents, because I have couples that I see quite a bit of, and typically what comes up is parenting because they're so at a loss for how to help their kids. But I, I call that being curious. Like, Ooh, I like that. Be curious about, you know, your kids. Be curious about the situation. Ask questions that allow them to be open and not, like you said, just say, oh, it was fine or good or, you know, it was okay. But being curious is asking those questions that elicit an open-ended uh, answer that helps them to share what's really going on. Um, yes. And I think, you know, the mistake that we often make is, we make, you know, the kids finally open up and then we might make a judgment or we might get really ticked off at their friend for being a little brat. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then we're like, I don't want you to spend time with that person, but that's not what they want, exactly. you know? Right. And so it's like, you know, it gets into that, you know, really as parents, we need to hold our judgment. Like the, the, the quickest way to shut your kids down is to make a judgment. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So it's like staying open, normalizing. And like you said, naming that emotion because kids these days, they don't know emotions. Yeah. It's something I've spent a lot of time with kids and adult and adults, of course, and teens just saying like, what is that feeling? What is it? They're like, well, I'm angry. I'm like, well, anger, you know, is a secondary emotion, but that usually when we're angry, it's because we have so many feelings in the gut or in our gut just that just need to come out. But all we know to do is to be angry. So I help them to really identify and name those emotions like you just spoke about and it's, it's kind of game changing for these kids when they go, oh my gosh, I just feel really sad or I'm feeling really scared. And, you know, also that anxiety they were maybe feeling, it's because anxiety is just undefined feelings in the body. Mm-hmm. And so once you can actually say like, oh man, it sounds like you're really fearful of disappointing that friend or they can kind of just go, oh, yes, yes, that's it. That's it. And, and what's hard. I remember too, at some time as my, as a parent, you know, I would, um, 
and I would say this sometimes in practice too, I wouldn't do it, but in my brain, I was like closing my ears and going, la, 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 you know, like, I don't really want to hear what they're telling me right now, yes, <laughs> but I got, I got to get it together and, and, and really listen. That's the other, yes. I mean, it's like, yes, we're talking about how to respond, but the key I would say too, is to become a good listener. It um, absolutely is. Which that's hard. That's definitely hard for me, you know, because I'm more of a talker. But wow, you know, just step back because what you might find is that they're gonna they're gonna end up telling you a lot more if you just really give them a chance when they're ready too. Yes, you cannot force them at all. You just have to really just let them know, like, hey, I'm here for you. I see you're hurting. And when you're ready to talk, let me know. I'll be here and I'll come alongside you in this journey. And that is something that right there, uh, I have a freshman in high school and boy, she's going through it, right? With just the friends and um, and that just letting them know, like, I'm, along, I'm, I'm here on this journey with you. You're not mm-hmm. alone. And, you know, the way I grew up, I was so loved, but... My mom was a single mom. She had so much going on and she was working full, full time. And so that lonely feeling as a kid, like you had to figure things out as, as you went along, man, I never want my kids to feel lonely like that. So really letting them know, like, I'm here with you, right? Like you're ultimately going to do this, but I'm, I'm right beside you to help, help you figure it out. And and then being patient because that's a yeah. tough one too, because if they're not ready Oh gosh, just as a parent, I know I'm just sitting there. What I'm hurting it's, too for yes, them, right? Yes, there's so much turmoil in you because you see your kids hurting, and man, that's the last thing in the world we want is our kids hurting. I mean, all of us moms are like, I just want you to be okay, right? It's like a little bit of that positive codependence, like I just want you to be okay. So then that way, that turmoil inside of me is gone, right? Right, absolutely. <laughs> selfish, but at the same time, it's coming from such a good place. It, it really is. And, um, you know, it's, um, but then at the same time, you know, we're, we're still trying to instill these, the values, you know, I mean, we still have to be a parent, but I think that being open to really hear, listen, reflect, you know, um, mm-hmm. their, their emotions, talk about, be, be empathetic. You know, sometimes kids just want you to like acknowledge, just acknowledge or just legitimize like what they're really going through or I'm, or even don't be afraid to apologize. You know, we, I teach a course for our hospital in, in, uh, you know, anybody that is responsible for any type of pediatric health care. And we have something called PEARLS, you know, and it stands for like being a partner, you know, being empathetic, apologizing, accepting, acknowledging, you know, all these different things. And um, and it's funny because I teach this in regards to like relationship center care with families. But mm-hmm. I have found that it's really helped me in my personal life, too, is just using these just there. It, sometimes it only takes a statement or two. And then all of a sudden there's trust. Yes. Because that I think is also another key is just building that trust with your kids. And when they trust you, yeah, you, you become that parent that the kids want to talk to, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because they know that you're going to listen 
and you're really, really going to care about them. And I think that that is the most important. And like I said, it's not only them, but it's their friends, right? Like I have, uh, I really have set my home up to be like the gathering place for kids. And I love when they can come over and they can be struggling and they're just like, you know, I can't talk to my mom. I can't talk to my dad because they just react and judge. And so it's just so nice when they can sit down and just kind of share, like, here's my struggles. Here's the challenge with my boyfriend. Here's, And you can just really be in that with them and hear them and without judgment. I mean, it's, I think it's very healing to be that person. It sounds like you're that person as well for so many people just being there to hear and to, to let them know, like, you're not alone. Like, yeah, this is normal to feel this way. It's just such an important way to communicate with kids. And, and I, I, I love that. And it, but also the challenge with that, and I think you would agree is again, like we want to fix it. And so I think you have to, when you become that parent, that, you know, person for your kids, you also have to really understand that it's going to get uncomfortable. Like I was doing the la la la, like there's going to, sometimes it's going to be a little uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is that you're, you're going to want to immediately kind of say something or, you know, why would you think that? Or, you know what I mean? I mean, the, Absolutely. it's, it's tough so not hard. to judge too, right? It, it really, yes. really is. But um, so it's, I, I want to share with parents, like get, get comfortable with being uncomfortable with some of those conversations. And I, I heard a really great thing once, and I use it a lot in my practice. I call it the three H's and don't be afraid to ask too what your kids need. And mm-hmm. so I tell them, like, and I tell kids to tell their parents this too. Do you, do you really want help in, in what you're expressing to me? Do you want me to help you? Do you just want to be heard or yes. do you not even want to talk about it? I just want you to give me a hug right now. Yes. I'm not ready to talk, but just hug me. Just sit with me. Let's, let's, let's do something together. And I really don't want to talk about what I'm going through right now. I'm not ready. So I, I, I can't take credit for that, but I really find like that resonates a lot with me. And I tell kids too, don't be afraid to tell your parents what, what you need at the moment. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have heard the three H's and I think it's just, it's so invaluable that you, if you could just, if you could just extend that to your kids and, and let them know, like whatever, whatever you need right now, it's okay. It's okay to be right where you're at. And I think you say something, you said something very, very important. And that is, we just want to fix it, right? We just, and that is often what most parents jump into. Um, And I think your parent, your husband's parents were right on. Like you have to brainstorm with your kids, right? You're like, you know, and asking them like, what, what are some, what are some things you've thought about in terms of how to handle this situation, right? Mm -hmm. Like what, what can you do to take some action? One of the things I, I work on is, um, is the concept of what's bugging you, Mm -hmm. what do you feel and what action you need to take, right? Okay. Say that again. Okay. So it's, it's, what's bugging you. Yep. So it's called BFA. I call it okay. like, you know, best friend always. What is bugging you, right? Uh-huh. Like, what is really making you upset right now? What do you think that feeling is behind that? Mm-hmm. That what's bugging you? And then finally, what is the action that you think you can take? So that's where you kind of get into that brainstorming. Like, 
okay, what are some thoughts you've had about how you can resolve this, right? And sometimes these kids can't resolve it. And sometimes they just have to work through the emotions and accept it. Yes. Which, which is a, which is a lesson in itself, just to accept something that they have zero control over and they cannot change. Other times there's an, a specific action they can take to resolve the issue. So based on that feeling, what action are you, what are, what are you asking for of that friend or of that parent? Um, what, what can you, what do you need? that's going to help resolve the issue. And that's where you, you can say, well, have you thought about, you know, sharing this with your friend in this way, sharing your feelings about how you're feeling and asking for what you need. Have you thought about this rather than saying, just do this or you need to, that's Mm -hmm. one. If we could just take that vocabulary out of parents' mouths, you need to, because that's basically saying, here's what you got to do, right? I'm going to fix this for you. And this is, this is exactly what you're going to do. That doesn't go well. Right. Cause then again, that puts them in in a bit of that box, like, Oh gosh, I got to do what my parents tell me to No, Like, you know, make suggestions, brainstorm with your kids, see what feels right to them in terms of what they need to do, because we need to create like many, like many problem solvers, right? We can't, we can't wait until they're in their twenties and in college to figure out how do I resolve this conflict with my friend? We need, we need to be doing it even at age three and four and five, like name that emotion figure out what do we do about that? That is what grows emotionally intelligent children. And realizing too, that teenagers are not little adults. So their brain and their little nervous system is still kind of making connections and these aha moments. And, you know, at the diff, even at the different stages, you know, you mentioned middle school, part of the problem with, with middle school is it is a natural state developmentally for kids to need to be accepted by their friends. Okay. Oh, absolutely. And it isn't, and that family, it's not that family isn't important, but their, their self-worth is really based on, um, you know, what others think of them. And it's, that's tough, you know, when you hear that, because, we know as parents, like what somebody else thinks of you has nothing to do with you, you know? Yes, we do. But biologically, that is how their brain works. So I think also understanding kind of where they're coming from. And some kids are, you know, some kids have it. They, they figured that out already. And some just are figuring it out for the first time. And, and that's a tough. And then as, you know, adolescents, you know, they go through the different stages, they get to that young adult kind of 18 to 21 age where they start to realize, you know, family is, is important. And, you know, yes, my friends are great, but they don't define who I am. And you brought up a really good point too, about learning to control the things that you can and being able to accept and move on with the things that you can't. Boy, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say how old I am, but I, you know, I think everybody continues to struggle with that, you know, hundred <laughs> percent. Totally agree. It doesn't go away, but we can, no, it, does get, it, it does get better in how you accept it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, 
I I heard a counselor once say, and it was really great. It was like, okay, well, there's basically three things you can do about the situation. You can walk away, which is really not an option. You know, you don't want to always walk away because there something salvageable could be there. You could just accept it, meaning like continue to live or be in this toxic friendship or environment, whatever it is. Or you can figure out, get kind of in the middle, figure out what you can do to kind of really, and again, problem solve, kind of figure out what can you change and what steps can you make? But, um, you know, even adults struggle with that. So helping our kids kind of go through that. Maybe there are situations where you do need to walk away. You know, I do a lot of talk about media and um, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of if it doesn't make you feel good, you know, but that we have choices in regards to that. Sometimes we're going to go to the same school. We're going to see the same people. We don't always have the ability to, to just leave walk that away school. yes walk absolutely away. we have to learn that endurance to stay in it and try to still be okay yeah. and i think that what you just shared that last that last option is really about empower, empowering our kids mm-hmm. right we really want to empower our kids to to do something right sometimes you're right we just have to walk away but we want to empower them that they're not that they're not powerless in this that they actually have a voice and it's important to use it. And yes. especially as that young teenage stage, there's a lot of things that are said and done to them that they just, that are really painful. And sometimes walking away, yeah, it can, it can actually, you know, just kind of tamp down the situation and allow them to get through. But it doesn't, you don't learn that grit and empowerment um, if you don't say something. And that's where I always encourage, like, that person is hurting your feelings. That person is being mean. It's okay to share your feelings. It's okay to share like, Hey, that really hurts my feelings. When you say this about me, I'm, and, and then you ask them for what you need. You know, I'm really asking that you can be kind. And if there's something that you need to share with me, just share with it straight to me and not through Susie or, you know, whoever else it may be, but just come straight to me. Right. And that is how we can resolve conflict. But here's the problem. Talk about not being able to control things. Not everyone's going to respond well to you sharing or your kids sharing their feelings and asking for what they need. Sometimes it really backfires and it can hurt that friendship. But at the same time, that's how we resolve issues, whether you know you're 15 or you're 55. We have to talk about our feelings and what we need based on those feelings. When you're working with kids, how do you get the parents on board? Like how easy or not easy is that? Because I know for me, even though I'm not a specialist like you counseling them, but there's so many days where I go home and I'm just like, man, I just, I, I couldn't get through that parent. Like I couldn't, it was really hard for them to see. And, and most likely they're probably going through some things that they need to work through. But what, you know, what I, and and then I worry that they're going to judge me, that I'm judging them, you know, like that. And I'm not judging them. I'm really just trying to help them and help their child because the child is confided in me, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes it's easy. You know, I had a young girl and 
she really, a lot of her comments were about not disappointing her parents, you know, with her grades, with, um, with this boy that she liked, that she was really worried mm-hmm. that they would be like, you, you can't have a friend that's a boy and all this stuff. And, and I said to them, I said, um, we talked about it. And then I got mom back in the room and I fully didn't expect for the young lady to just start opening up to her mother while I was in there, but she just started just opening up and it was beautiful because the mom was like, you're not, I want to tell you, I'm so proud of you. And she goes, I knew all along you liked that boy and it's okay, you know, to have a friend. And I just sat there going, what is happening right now? You know, I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) This is so great. What an amazing moment, right? (laughs) But I, you know, it's, it's that was I mean that was great but it uh, it takes time because as parents we're their we're their teacher we're their counselor you know and a lot of times parents I worry that I'm going to you know feel like they're being judged by me when I suggest I really think it would be good for you to talk to somebody to learn how to talk to your kids and it's I'm not saying they're a bad person or a bad parent it's just we're all here to learn Yes, absolutely. And I will tell you, I have a group practice where I bring in interns and then associates. And that is the main thing. They love working with kids and teenagers, but they're like, but the parents drive me crazy, right? And I'm like, oh, I get it. But what what I always encourage is, you know, in, in Washington state, there's HIPAA laws where of course we can't we can't talk about anything with the parents beyond 13, which you know kind of puts us in a little bit of handcuffs there. But you know, we can get permission from the the teenager to talk to their parents. And what I always do is I help them to when I sit down with them, I always help them to feel like they're totally normal. Like this is so normal to want to, you know, to to say to to be bring up, you know, statements or judgments or maybe share some disappointment in their kids. Like just coming alongside them saying, like, I've been there. I understand that too. That takes away the judgment from those parents to feel like, okay, yes, I'm doing these things, but this therapist right here is telling me that they've gone through it too. So it's not, I, it's, it's not awful that I'm, that I'm struggling with this. And when you approach parents that way, and then like, I've been here, I've gone through this and I'm going to coach you through how to be there for your kids. It's very disarming. Right. And then, and that's when you, I really talk about normalizing, you know, asking those curious questions and just kind of learning to be accepting Um, the acceptance piece as a parent is a really, really tough one. <laughs> and that's that's like a whole other Pandora's box that we can open right there. And I don't know how much time we have, but boy, boy I, I can speak to that. <laughs> yeah, parent guilt is real. I mean, yeah. Oh, absolutely. What I heard you say twice, and I really want people that are listening to hear it again. When you talked about the kids, you said one of the key things is normalizing what they're going through and what their mm-hmm. feeling is. And then when we talked, when you talked about the parent, you said the same thing. It's normalizing. Yes. Um, and I'm like, wow, wait, that came up t- 
twice. twice. And, yes. And that is is something to really remember when mm-hmm. it and it does it we all want to feel normal, you know. I think yeah. that so normalizing is is such a great word and something I definitely will remember. It's just like, mm-hmm. hey, this is normal. Yes. It's like the great equalizer between, you know, talking to kids and talking to parents. Like it just lets them know you get it. So you're not playing, coming from a place of judgment. You're really coming from a place of acceptance. And here's how, here's how we can maybe improve some things. Right. Yes. And I have found parents to be incredibly open when you approach them that way. But yeah, there's always that fear of like, oh my gosh, they're going to think that I'm this awful person for saying these things and giving them guidance, but it's all in how you approach it. And I've even had parents who have said that to me. They've, they've expressed like, oh, you know, I'm doing such a bad job. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's normal. It's normal. And uh, that's tough because like you said, yeah, we, I think you and I could have a whole podcast episode (laughs) on, on that subject. And we may need to, because I've really enjoyed this conversation and I, I want to, um, as much as I hate to wrap it up, I do, I do want to just ask one more thing, and that is just, what is the one thing we've talked about a lot of things? What do you really want people listening to take home today? Mm-hmm. About the parenting or about themselves or just all of it? Just what is coming from the heart and your gut, okay. just, you know, about maybe something we've already mentioned, and maybe it's something that we haven't, you know, just in that normalization. I I think bottom line is to love yourself, to give grace to yourself as a parent, because we're going to blow it. Right. And we're going to, we're going to take things into parenting that we didn't love about our parents. We're going to do the same things. So it's grace for yourself. It's accepting that, you know what, I still have some growth to do here. I have my own work to do, right. That I have to work on, but is, is to really just give yourself room to just go, okay, I'm still in process. It's okay that I'm blowing this, right? Um, it, I mean, I think that's the bottom line because we are never going to be perfect parents. Mm-hmm. We are, I mean, it's so difficult. And the, the another really important thing for kids is when we do blow it, to come back to your kids and just say, you know what, kiddo, I'm so sorry. I, I really did not handle that. I blew it. And I'm so sorry for talking to you that way. So, I mean, just giving yourself room to be flawed, right? That is what it's all about. Uh, and that, you know what? You, you realize when you're a parent, the work that you need to do. And there's, there's time and space for that work. But just for now, just grace. Thank you so much. I've got, I've got chills. And I had to take a deep breath myself because... It, it doesn't end, you know, when they turn 18 or 21 as I'm learning. And it's interesting. I look back, my oldest is 32 and I look back and I think to myself, man, we we're growing up together because now I'm a grandma and now I'm learning how to manage that, you know, (laughs) and, uh, and, uh, yes, it's okay. Like there's, you're, I, I love that. Just giving yourself grace because it's, you're not going to be perfect every day. And it's being, being vulnerable enough to say, yes, you know, 
I'm sorry. And I, I did mess that up. We don't, our kids will realize that uh, there's value in that as well. And Absolutely. that they can, when they mess up, they can, <laughs> they can trust that you're going to accept them too. In yes. That same light. So, so important. Well, thank you so much, Terry. I really do hope that uh, that you will uh, come back. There's so much to talk about. I mean, communicating with our kids is is something that you know is so important. And uh, I appreciate all the words of wisdom. How, if somebody wanted to learn more about you know the um, one freaking life or all of the work that that you guys are doing at, at healing and restoration uh how can they get in touch with you how can they find you or follow you yes thank you for asking that uh we are on instagram under one freaking life okay two the number two live right okay. so, so look you know look me up start following one freaking life to live because you're going to see like the videos that just like touch on different aspects of trauma and what it does to us. So that's another really, really good way. You can also reach out to me via Terry at healing and restoration counseling and just reach out to me. I, I love to hear from people and I, I would be happy just to, just to be able to chat with anybody who's struggling and in any way I'm here. Thank you. And let me, so it's now when you say one freaking life, is that O-N-E or the number one? It's O-N-E. O-N-E freaking life, the letter two. The number two. The no, I mean, sorry, number two. <laughs> number two, live. Yes. Okay. Yes. I know I'm going to go look it up as soon as we're done. Thank awesome. you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you for everybody that's listening. If you listen to this episode and it really resonated with you, or maybe it, it is something that you really feel you could share with someone who might be going through just struggling with their kids and communicating and really wanting to help, but learning how to be that empath, right? And to yeah. how to communicate effectively so that you are the parent your kids want to talk to. So thank you again. And thank you, Dr. Sarah. Yeah, let's continue to grow up together. Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. If you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at Growing Up With Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www growingupwithdrsarah.com slash contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.